This podcast is brought to you by Podbean. Podbean is the easiest way to create your own podcast. We use Podbean to host Nights and Nerds. Download the free Podbean podcast app to start, record, and publish your very own podcast in minutes. Podbean provides everything you need to run your podcast, and you can record and publish episodes directly from the app on your phone. Download the free Podbean app today. That's P-O-D-B-E-A-N. Head on over to Podbean at www.podbean.com and use the code PODCAST21 for your first 30 days of podcast hosting for free. Check it out. Greetings, peasants. I mean, hello, brave warriors, noble adventurers, and devious dungeon masters. Welcome back to the Knights and Nerds podcast. This is Tim. I'm the dungeon master, and I want to say thanks very much for listening to this. Uh, super quick introduction today. I just wanted to say uh, thanks to Breezy and Dalen for leaving really, really kind uh, reviews for us on Facebook. Much appreciated. I also want to thank anyone who's taken a few minutes to go and leave us a rating on Spotify. That is also a big help. So thank you, thank you, thank you for that. And what else? Um, March 9th, I will be appearing on the Tabletop Misfits stream to talk to uh, a friend of mine, James, about D&D stuff. Uh, I think we were originally scheduled for this week, but schedules got kind of... Um, filled up and so we rescheduled for March 9th. I will uh, link to their channel in the show notes and also if you missed my conversation with uh, Ryan Howard, Sarah and I joined him at his uh, new streaming home at Valor Studios uh, which was a lot of fun. Um, I'll link to that as well in case you missed it. We talked about God's Eye stuff, we talked about a little bit about Campaign 1. Yeah, it was great and I... uh, I recommend that you uh, check out his his interviews because he's great at what he does. Uh, anyways, that's it for me. Uh, this is, is, I think, the beginning of a, a really fun sequence of episodes that uh, really carries on right into basically episode oh, 27, nearing 30. Just a lot of stuff is about to happen. So I will be doing another um, behind-the-screen episode soon where I talk about some of the stuff that happens because I'm, <laughs> as as most DMs, I'm sure that once you reach a really big milestone in your campaign, you look back and like, did I do this the right way? And I think that there is a really big moment that comes up soon, and I'm still wondering, did I do this the right way? So, we'll see, and uh, until then... I hope you enjoy the episodes, and if you do, you can help us out by leaving us a rating or review, uh, or just tell a friend about this great podcast called Nights and Nerds. Okay, let's rejoin the party. Sarah, Matt, and Kevin, otherwise known as Chai Spice, Thaddeus, Ulysses Gamble, and Gutterbird. All right, do we want to do a quick recap of last episode? Um, Let's say yes. Last episode, you began your ascent up the tour of your mountains, and you were reaching the first area after spending a night at base camp, 
and having a nice little character moment with Chai and Thaddeus after Thaddeus revealed a pretty monumental thing for his backstory. You began your ascent of the tour of your mountains. You got to the first sort of waypoint, which was uh, Hackley's Perch, where you were ambushed by some of Bryce Baylock's men. And you learned that Baylock is already somewhere up the mountain, accompanied by some of the Grey Eladrin. You made short work of these ambushers. The Thaddeus became a giant for a bit and did take some punishment. And then when it seemed as though he was going to show mercy, javelin the shit out of somebody right in the head. <laughs> shocking. <laughs> legitimately shocking. Legi- yeah, legitimately shocking to all of us. <laughs> Not all of us. Yeah, sorry, all but, all but one of us. <laughs> I stand corrected. the man who pulled the trigger on the, on the javelin. So, I mean, we can just sort of go through the long rest and sort of arrive at the next morning. At that point, I think I'll, I'll sort of open it up to see if uh, anybody wants to comment on the, the said shocking event. Thaddeus is just going about his daily routine. So is her, like, corpse just, like, chilling in the entranceway of the sleeping area we were in? I would I would say that Thaddeus actually, like... Yeah, like, what did you do after the fact? And you saw that all of us were stunned. Uh, I went and got my javelin, for sure. Like, Thaddeus <laughs> went and got the javelin. Um, it, it was probably a perfunctory business but he just kind of I mean the fire's lit and he just threw the bodies in probably as we all warmed our <laughs> warmed our well, yeah, I was gonna say that lovely smell of burning flesh it's the signal fire right like there's still the capability to have a fire within the um, oh, I, confines of the cave I thought you meant like the <laughs> let's all relax in the fire oh, <laughs> I thought you meant that fire ladies and gentlemen long pour <laughs> Oh. Yeah. oh, God. Something so gross about that. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of things really gross about I'm, it. Yeah. I'm sorry, I, I should specify specifically the term, not, <laughs> yeah. yes. not yes. cannibalism <laughs> generally, which I'm actually more okay with than you might think. <laughs> That's not true. Anyway, sorry, I'm being distracting. Um, so, yeah, uh, I mean, after rolling over the corpses and making sure that we've got all of their, like, any adventuring gear that we could need off of them. Oh, so you're going to search? Yeah. Oh, 100%. All right. Yeah, we loot, loot the crap out of them. Okay. Looty, loot, loot. All right. Loot. You, uh, between the bodies, you find a total of 60 gold pieces. I will add that to the communal bank account. You find a piece of jewelry on Marcus, which requires a bit of cleaning because it's covered in blood. But you find a, a bejeweled amulet of some kind it's fairly simple in design but it definitely does not appear to be just another piece of jewelry you think it might have some special properties can i do a uh a check on that maybe like a i don't know arcana check uh sure yeah give me an arcana check uh uh, it's 14 okay so after 
spending some time examining this and sort of focusing your, I guess, whatever part of your um, consciousness is dedicated towards like the arcane, uh, you begin to understand that this has some kind of properties which prevents people from spying on you using magical means. Ooh. That's fat. That is very good. I guess we can't tell. Is it just like prevents people from looking for one person or like an area? You think it's like a small area. Okay. That's pretty good. So I'm just gonna like stick close. <laughs> Thaddeus isn't really looking for gear. He's more looking for the Agarath equivalent of dog tags on these soldiers. Oh, would they have those in in ye olden times? I I have no idea. That's like he's looking for that equivalent. Well, I mean, like there's or like uh, and maybe any anything identifying. Oh, okay. yeah, like. Like, let's say, um, private, che- like, chevrons des- denoting rank in- within their military or something like that. Like, anything that is a, hey, this is obviously property of Agarath military, and these are roughly who these belong to. Yeah, so it has, all four of them have, like, the Agarath sigil uh, co- like coat of arms, I guess, you, if you want to call it that. Uh, only Marcus has something to denote, like, like a secondary coat of arms, which you would think is like his own personal family. So that he, only he has like um, maybe a noble enough background to warrant that, and everybody else is kind of like uh, from the lower class, so they don't have that. Do I- do I recognize that other insignia? I mean, for... I don't think that you would have paid it much mind. Like, it doesn't seem f- super familiar to you. Cool. Uh, I'm going to cut out all those pieces of cloth and put them into a, a small pouch. Hmm. Uh, that, by the look of it, already ha- appears to have some in it. And then, oh, Jesus. Once that's... Uh, once we're done with that, I'm going to cremate the bodies in the signal fire. And Thaddeus will just kind of dust his hands off, walk back over and set up his, his bunk for the night kind of thing. Are Chai and I just like mouth agape, still just looking at you like, oh my god. I th- <laughs> Yeah, I think I'd be in silence and I'd probably wait for Thaddeus to go to sleep to try and talk to Gutterbird separately like i'd probably kind of give you the eye to like wait up a little bit longer yeah so yeah like i think i'd once like thaddeus had gone to bed i'd like probably just kind of like like wander on up to you and be like obviously to try and make sure that thaddeus wasn't necessarily um hearing and just it wasn't just me right that that was a little extreme Certainly unexpected, and I don't know. It's like the ju- the justification was was there, I suppose. It just didn't seem like just so unexpected. Yeah, I don't know. What does that What does that mean for our? Uh, you know, does that mean anything for our adventure? 
would I call it our, I mean, our adventure? I think in terms, and I'll kind of almost like look as if I could see where Thaddeus was. I'd look over in his direction. As you look over, you see a man who is probably having one of the more comfortable sleeps you've seen him have, and then just, ah, no extra garlic sauce. <laughs> Mm, those sweat dreams. The night sweats. <laughs> the night sweats. Damn it, that was so close. That's got to be the, that's the 24-hour sweat and shawarma. Yeah. <laughs> the night that's the college town sweat, sweat and shawarma. Yeah, it's the 24-hour express express sweat. Uh, Jesus. God damn it. Um, yeah, I think I'd probably look, look over in his direction and be like, I mean, in terms of our journey... I don't think anything has changed. I just... I hope he hasn't. There's a lot going on there. There's a backstory um, that I don't even think he's fully ready to share yet, but I don't want the rage and the, and the desire for, in essence, repayment of debts to, to weigh on him forever. I, I just... I hope that he finds a bit of closure in this journey. I don't want it to consume him forever. I think perhaps maybe we just keep an eye on him, maybe, and just remind him at times that this quest to this quest of vengeance isn't all of him. I think we've got his back, and I think that's what's important, so we just need to remind him of that. Absolutely. Let's wait. Let's wake him up and tell him. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The night sweats. Uh, we'll, we'll wake him up from the night sweats. Let's violently shake uh, him awake to tell him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, we'll... Uh, Daddy's yeah, you want to see my new on hockey mask? <laughs> exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> oh, right. The Bryce Baylock thing. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my bad. Um... Yeah, I think I'll probably just take that opportunity to... Uh, I'll still probably, just by, like, the nature of how I, s- air quotes, sleep, I will uh, just be up later than the rest of them, and I'll do my little, like, meditation-y thing. Cool. All right. You hear some faint wolf howls in the in the far distance, but the night passes uneventfully, and you have a very nice long rest, and you can regain all of your hit points and expended spell slots and whatnot. Uh, at the end of the night, I'll make a new batch of good berries. Kyogen is up very early again, makes himself breakfast over the signal fire, and is ready to continue upwards. Onwards and upwards. You can tell he's more than a little bit put off by what happened last night. Uh... Thaddeus is probably going to notice that and immediately walk up to him in a very casual and disarming kind of posture. Like, not, it's not an aggressive confrontation. He just walks up to him and goes, Kyogen, I am pretty sure that that is the closest you've ever come to a military conflict. Am I correct? He nods then I wouldn't expect you to understand the true horror that is that on a large scale. But that these people, and he 
like gestures to the pouch he's got. These people have butchered more innocent lives than I ever could fathom being capable of. And it's not it's not so much that I want to bring this about. It's that I felt compelled to remind any and all for a brief moment that they are just as likely to be dealt a swift death. And to be perfectly honest, that was a combatant that we had defeated. I've seen them murder children. And he just walks past him after that. Like, a couple of steps ahead because the trail is fairly obvious. But uses that last kind of statement as a move forward as he readjusts the bandage around his eye. Your walk takes you out of the sort of the rocky area of the perch where you were. And it while you're still going up quite a steep summit, you are going through quite a heavily forested area known as the Hag's Wood. You know, there's this, there's a fairly surprisingly wide, op- like, pathway. Uh, it looks like it's only for people who are on foot, but conceivably wide enough for, you know, large carriage to get through. But otherwise, you're flanked on either side by tall spruce and hemlock trees. And there's sort of, in, in a lot of areas, there's this kind of black moss hanging down, which is called witch's hair. Something that gives the hag's wood its name. Uh, and because it's still a rather steep ascent, I would like a, an athletics check from everyone for the morning hike. Uh, just to confirm, we lose that point of exhaustion because of the long rest, correct? Yes, you're no longer exhausted. Uh, 19 for me. Uh, do I use the new dice? How many dice do you have? Too many. Not, well, not, nope, not too many. Just enough. Uh, no, I got a new set from a different online, like, or Instagram person that I follow. This is called a problem. <laughs> They're art pieces. Thank you. I don't like this dice. It's a six. Mm. I have an unnatural 20. God damn it. All right. Very nice. Okay. You make a quick stop in a clearing somewhat flat ground which is kind of a nice break not too far away that there is a uh, a pond which is partially frozen over so anyone can like refill their water skins and it is you know there is snow in the air at this point there's a when you're you can tell that there is a a bitter wind but you're mostly protected by the trees here uh, can I get everybody to make a perception check 16. Woo! 14. 8. Hmm. Okay. Uh, Kevin, what, what what does Gutterbird do? Does he stick close to the, the fire? Or is he going to wander around? Yeah, I think he's going to sit close to the fire, um, just sort of hooded up, uh, keeping kind of to myself-ish, um, but really just kind of still thinking about 
my maybe my connection to the uh, to the Eladrin and uh, what it, what it could mean to potentially encounter them again. Okay, maybe it's because Kyogen like put on a uh, like a spruce bough. It's making like a little bit of a more smoke than uh, than you're used to on the fire, but everyone's vision is is obscured, but. Grease Trap whispers to you, essentially like looking behind you, that he says that there's uh, animals moving towards you through the woods. And as you sort of spin around where you're seated, you can see uh, at least three fairly sizable wolves. They've kind of approached the edge of the clearing and are eyeing you up curiously. Do we sense that they are kind of just acting... You know, naturally, we're we're kind of in their we're in their habitat. They're checking us out, or because they're a way to determine whether or not maybe they're they're scouts or they're in league with any um, any particular uh, you know uh, third inter- other interested parties. I mean, they look. I mean, they don't look domesticated. I guess if if I can answer it that way. Can do I? Do we all see these now? I mean, unless unless Gutterbird's going to keep it to himself, I I assume that he like once he turns and looks, I would assume that everybody sort of looks the same direction. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's no. I'm not. Uh, I'm not. <laughs> I have no desire to keep that to myself. Uh, I think I'll immediately cast speak with animals. Okay. Uh, so I gain the ability to comprehend and verbally communicate with beasts for the duration. The knowledge and awareness of many beasts is limited by their intelligence, but at a minimum, beasts can give you information about nearby locations, monsters, including whatever uh, they have perceived or have perceived within the past few days. I might be able to persuade a beast to perform a small favor for me at the DM's discretion, is the spell. Hmm. Hey, Wolfie, can you walk on my back? Yes, I really got this spot. Like, I think you'd really be able to hit it. Can you just spot me five bucks? And he brings me five deer. <laughs> There's that limited understanding. Damn. All right, Sarah, you're going to get exactly for that. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think I'm literally just going to like kind of almost raise my arms. Like not like above my head, like, like surrender, but I'm just going to put them up like sh- to show that I don't have any weapons. I'm like, we are, we mean you no harm. We are friends of the forest and, and your kind. And see how, how they respond. I'm just going to read the spell again because I, I, I've never actually, I don't think, maybe I have encountered this scenario once before, but it's been a long time. You you get the sense from them that they are, they're not vicious or rabid. They are hungry and they are spooked. I will just go, what has you, what has made you so tense and anxious? Jeez, I don't know how a wolf would, like, describe what they've seen <laughs> in terms of, like... Well, so it, it is, like, it does say, like, it's limited by their intelligence, so it might just be, like, vague words or smells or, like, whatever you think a wolf would pick up on, right? Like, like loud noises or, like, it could be anything like that, right? I don't I don't think their intelligence is particularly high. I don't have it stand, uh, handy at the moment, but I, got, it would pro- I, would, I would assume it'd be more, like, sensory... Wolf, intelligence uh, is three. 
Yes, a minimal. Mm. So it'd be like, it would be low. Like, I think they'd give me like a couple of words, maybe, and likely a sense, perhaps. Right. Like, like loud noise or smoke or like they something. Yeah, potato. Uh, But something like I I imagine it would be more limited to that kind of thing. Like, I'm not looking for an elaborate dialogue. Uh, So they they say that they communicate to you bad decay and walking rot. I'll ask, where is that happening? Where is this coming from? Um, they, they sort of gesture or signify just further up this, this main trail. The way we were heading? Yeah. Or behind them? So they, it's like they've come down from further north, but it's the way that your group is headed. It was walking rot and decay, right? And bad decay. How how far? I don't know if you'll be. I don't know if they'll be able to answer that. But like short, far, like any anything like that. Do I get the sense that they were actively running? They weren't fleeing from it, but they they wanted to avoid something for sure. And you get the sense that it's not far, but in terms of like what's not far for a wolf like within within like this same day's travel can we ask them if we should be like if we should be worried if or well obviously we should be worried but like should we be packing up and moving out or can we kind of you know offer offer the can we avoid it i don't know that they're capable of answering something like that (laughs) that's fine no i was just thinking if it's like Every like if their answer would be like everywhere or trail, you know what I mean? Like so, I guess if if we can break that into two parts, like the bad decay, they're like it's it's something inert in the path. So yeah, you could have you could avoid it. The walking rot is like a predator. I'm gonna obviously like I'm repeating this out loud. Like as they're answering, I'm just saying what the wolves are telling me, dude. Can, and I'm gonna to everyone listening. It like, sounds exactly like Chewbacca. Can we? Can we like offer offer them a spot around the fire if they're, you know, if they're cold and if they're if they're hungry? Like, do we have anything we can share and maybe we can kind of have a, you know, a shaky allegiance with the? I mean, I can happily wolves? offer them some of the good berries. I don't know if it'll work on wolves, but it'll sustain humans. Like, it's a healing thing and nutrient for a day. Do wolves eat berries. Gra- I think they're carnivores. Gray wolves are known to snack on blueberries. Oh. But the animals okay. do more than... Uh, uh, a new serendipitous observation shows an adult wolf regurgitating the berries for its pups to eat. Woo. So they eat Got berries. It. Okay. Got what do you... Vitamin C. Is this news or is this like the game? That's... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> He's Googling. <laughs> Sciencenews.org, February 11th, 2020. Oh, cool. Uh, Thaddeus is going to do that thing to show uh, comfort that... At least I know cats do, where he kind of just flops on the ground and stretches and <laughs> pulls out a little bit. You're just going to reveal your squishy underside? Yeah, show, gonna, the, show them kind your belly. Of, not, not completely submissive, but like on my side to show that I'm not interested. In, I just I want to cuddle the doggo. Listen, in, in, in <laughs> the pack hierarchy, you don't want to just flop on the ground, man. You're asking for it. Yeah. Yeah, it's problems. Um, I think I think I will just say, like... You can happily stay here and we will protect you if you want to rest and get warm. And I will be like, or 
I understand if you want to continue and I'll just give them some of the berries. Like I'll put out in my hand, like, like flat for them to take if they want to just eat some of the berries. Hmm. Can you make either persuasion or animal handling with advantage? Persuasion makes it a dirty 20. Ooh. Persuasion's better than your animal handling? Yeah. I took persuade. I took my... Some druid you are. Well, I added my... I took it as one of my proficiencies. Yeah. Okay. Right? So I'm not normally good at it. Each of them will, like, gobble... Um, well, how many good berries are you going to allow them to eat? Because you have, what, 20 at this point? I uh, So they're only good for 24 hours. So I think at this point I've just got the ones that I had made last night. So I will give right. them my... There's how many wolves? Three? Yeah. I'll basically just give them each three. I think it'll only give them like one hit point each berry, and then they're good for at least a day of food. Okay. So they'll, like, they'll, I'll give them what I have, basically. They each take some good berries from your palm, and how long does this speech with animals last? Ten minutes. Ten minutes. Okay. So they will also, um, they will also offer to, like accompany you until you get to the bad decay. You can tell that they would prefer to like get further away from it though. I, I think that's, that would be great. I, I believe if that works for everybody else. That would be awesome. Okay. I, I will let them, I will, I will say is like, if you could show us, that would be amazing, but please carry on your way. I don't want to put you in any harm afterwards. I, I carry on afterwards. I don't want to put you in any harm. <laughs> Not after. You can be out of harm. <laughs> Kyogen's like, what in the hell is happening here? And he's packing up his stuff. I'll just be like, Kyogen, it's, it's fine. They're going to they're gonna show us the way. Kind of like does one of those things where he like throws his hands up like, yeah, of course they would. <laughs> this totally makes yeah. sense. <laughs> I walk past Kyogen and go, and you were worried about me. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, yeah, I think I think we'll just go on. I would like to see what's going on with this. All right. Um, but I think something tells me that Pass Without a Trace might be a good idea. Uh, Thaddeus would like to walk up to one of the wolves and say as politely and calmly as possible, Gentle beast of the forest, would you like a scritch? And kind of holds out his hand to, like, give him scritches. They smell your hand briefly, and then noticing that you don't have food in it, they kind of proceed down the path. Oof. That's fair. My animal handling isn't too high, so that's okay. (laughs) Can't but help but feel a little rejected. I'll I'll whisper to him. It's like, he means well. He's very nice. (laughs) I was going to do the same thing. I'm I'm just glad it wasn't me. (laughs) Gutter can't handle that level of rejection. No. (laughs) Thaddeus turns to Gutterbird and goes, I am also wearing a wolf pelt. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I forgot so about that. I, it's under the armor, but I will state that went as good as I hoped it would. <laughs> yeah. All right. So they accompany you for like a little bit less than two hours. You're hiking up again. Uh, can I get an athletics check again from everybody? Uh... Abandon the new dice for a hundred percent. So well, it's still better, but it's not great because I have a negative to athletics. It's a fourteen. Yeah, I got a fourteen as well. Twenty six. God wow. fucking damn it! 
And then Thaddeus just cartwheels up the mountain. Yeah. <laughs> Thaddeus Backhand out. springs the entire way. Thaddeus outstrips the pace of the doggos. <laughs> just going like, hup, hup, hup. Maybe the meditation wasn't as totally restful as, as Chai would have liked, so you are at level one of exhaustion. Okay. Everyone else is That's still holding disa- up okay. With disadvantage on ability checks. Ability checks. Yeah. May I seek a point of clarification? Yep. So I also rolled a fourteen. Why? Why is why is exhaustion affecting Chai but not me? Ah, because she's failed twice. Yeah, you did better the first time. Oh, cool. All right. So before long, you come to a a sort of a widening of not necessarily of the path, but of the tree line on on either side. And you you sort of know that you've sort of hit the mark when the wolves stop and you can smell on the air like this wafting scent of like rotting meat. You can you can sort of see some things like laying in the in the path up ahead, maybe sixty ish feet ahead of you, and the wolves because I mean your spell has ended, so unless you're going to drop it again, they're basically going to turn around and trot away. Yeah, I figured. I'm like, it won't be. I was going to say it won't be in wolf. Ah, but I'll be. I'll be like. I'll just say thank you. I don't know if they'll understand, but I'll. I'll just say it. Okay. Once the wolves turn to leave, I'm going to pop divine sense. Ooh. And uh, locate celestial fiend or undead. <laughs> Uh, as well as know if we are on consecrated or desecrated ground, mm. or if there is an object of such within 60 feet. You don't get any active hits on on any of those things. Okay. You can sort of hear some flies buzzing. Uh, you know, as the wind sort of blows down towards you, you get, like, more of the scent, and it's very off-putting. We don't see any movement, right? We just see this, like, pile of decay in the middle? It's it's not like one big pile. It's it's almost like a scattering. Can I go up to this and... Uh, I'm going to approach it cautiously. But from about 30 feet out, does it look like something was ripped apart and left? Or does it look like bodies were kind of piled? What is, like, does this look like the thing came along and just shredded what it was and moved away? Like, I want a CSI. Um, <laughs> I think investigate is the word you're looking for. No, no, no. CSI is the one I'm looking for. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Can you roll for CSI? You want a crime scene uh, investigate. Yeah. Can, can I roll for removal of sunglasses and pun? You, you gotta do the legwork on that yourself. Uh, yeah, roll, I guess, either... Yeah, just... No, I'm not gonna make you roll for anything. So you, when you get close enough, you see that it is, like, several bodies that have been dismembered. Well, this scene is rather disarming. the who. Like, and they're rotting, right? Like, this is... These are people who have been up here for a while? Uh, a couple of days from what you can tell. 
Just and do they have any identifying markings? I was going to say, does one of them have a, a name tag that's? Uh, Is one of them a gnome? <laughs> yeah, a little, a little uh, mountain climber dude. You don't, you don't see any what you would call gnome remnants, but could you? <laughs> no pointy hats. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> no travelocity advertisements. Uh, everybody's welcome to make either a perception or an investigation check. If you're if you're getting close enough to observe, yeah. I mean, if he's already up there, I'm gonna probably. I'm not gonna get all the way up, but I'm definitely gonna Ooh. like. I'm probably gonna focus more on like as he's investigating the pile of. I was gonna say meat. I'm gonna look at like the surroundings and like out on the edge of the clear the clearing or the path or whatever. Uh, my investigation check was a Titanic eight. Uh, it's not good enough. You said in investigation or perception. You said yeah. Uh, that is a 23 for me. And I rolled a one, so I'm basically like, hey, what, what's, what smells so good? <laughs> what, are you guys, what are you guys cooking? <laughs> Steak tartare. Something that Chai notices is, I guess, two things. The, uh... I guess what would be expected in in a scene such as this is like a number of footprints in the dirt. So it looks like there were like multiple opponents, all of which look to be humanoid. So you don't see like like a large animal track or something like that. But the the bodies have been like dismembered and placed in what appears to be like a very particular way. Like, sorry, they're arranged in a very particular way? Yeah. Not so much, like, the parts, but, like, the number and location. So there are 11 separate pieces all arranged in the same pattern of the red sun and the red stars. I'll uh, obviously let everybody know about my observation. You can tell that Kyogen is on the verge of being just horrified. It's, I don't think he's ever seen such like a grisly display. I think I'll, I'll go up to him and say like, this is, this is horrific. And I, I understand this is very difficult to see it. I think it's, I don't think any of us have seen anything quite like this before to prevent more horrific acts like this. We, we need your help. We need you to help us continue up this mountain. We won't ask you to fight with us, but we need your help to get up there. He's like holding his uh, like cloth over his mouth to protect himself from the, from the smell. And he says that like while he has no problem defending himself, he's, he's really seen some shit in the past couple days. So he, he looks at the grisly display and asks like what do we do do we just go or do we do something for these poor souls can I make a religion check uh sure yeah 13 um reason I kind of asked for the check was I want to see if there is a way to if it if it is mostly just performatory to do something for them or if this is an opportunity for um, not just like 
an, an opportunity for liberty of the souls that have been used in this way, as opposed to just a a perf- like a, a performative mm. right. So you doubt that this is some kind of actual ritual that has like divine implications for the for the victims at least but it's more of a sense of like would you want your remains to be used in such a like left in such a like unholy display yeah he's gonna turn to um try and go if i gather them can you light them i had a another idea i'd like to cast mold earth and kind of like as gently as possible like basically like dig a hole and like lower them into the ground um and then kind of how i had for the family i want to try and replace the rot uh and i would like to cast a bunch of like druid crafts to actually try and grow back some of the flower like basically replace the marks of the ritual with with hope, basically, with 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 like something growing and alive. Mm. Oh, it's very nice. I, I think this is a better way to remember them, and I'll 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 cast the they, they're all cantrips. I'll just kind of do them a couple of times if needed, obviously, and spend a couple of minutes doing that. Okay. Uh, Thaddeus has super super approval nod on. He's just like yeah this. This is a better idea. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so it takes you a few minutes to do that, and once it's all done, uh, Kyogen looks, you know, like he's much more at ease with the situation, and without saying much, he just kind of continues to strive on and says that, you know, you've got to make up for a bit of lost time uh, before you can get to the next shelter. I'll just remind everybody it's like the wolves mentioned the the bad decay but we still haven't seen the walking rot so keep your eyes open for that Mm-hmm. Thaddeus is actually going to preemptively put his bandage away is going to just kind of pace with uh, Kyogen up at the actually he's going to move to the back He's going to have Kyogen at the front and him at the back. That way there's no way... Then That way he is the person who is snuck up upon as opposed to a more... Um, a less durable individual. So, so you sort of adopt this defensive position and continue your trek and you notice that it is... Aside from the wind in the trees, there's like no animal sound, which is... Uh, something that you find a little eerie, but you you manage to f- get to the second uh, rest area. The second, it's another it's another cavern, not too dissimilar from the first one, but it's not on a ledge. It's it's just sort of off to it, like dug out of a rock wall, still in the forested area. But as you get there. You know, the, the light of the day has almost completely gone, but you can see that you're reaching the end of the forested area. And even, like, basically the hour or two hours before you get to this uh, second cave, 
uh, you're, you're already starting to trudge through some, some snow. Uh, so you'll get to the second place and let me just see here. Yeah, it is thankfully going to be an uneventful night, even though the quiet is still a little off-putting. Day three of your journey begins with the sky being sort of a dark gray, a lot more wind as you exit the Hagswood into a more snowy and open area with the ground being almost totally just sort of a mixture of stone and like the ground is almost all rock now aside from some shrubs here and there and there's snow and starting to be some ice in places. Uh, so now you're starting to really be thankful that you've geared up for the colder weather. Has the um, has the red in the sky subsided or is it just kind of that gray overcast with like a reddish hue behind it? You can still definitely tell that the red is behind the gray. Okay, cool. Yeah. I was like, has this fallen already? Fuck! Yeah, can I get... An athletics check from everybody. The exhaustion is gone now? Yes. I don't know if that matters because it's a 13 again. I also... Oh, not again, but I, I rolled a 14 and I have a negative one, so it is a 13. You I, got a, I got a 13 as well. I got a 16. So you rolled a 3? I rolled a 6. Oh, fuck. <laughs> and sorry, Kevin, how'd you do? Good. 16. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe I should cast Guidance on myself. I know I joked, but maybe I should do that. Okay, so late morning, you're trudging through biting winds and snow that gets deeper and deeper as you go. Uh, But you're finally sort of getting to this point where you sort of look behind you and you, you feel like if there wasn't this really oppressive storm clouds sitting on top of this mountain that you could see like the the valley and perhaps even parts of Stonegate just far, far below you. Uh, but you reach this area where you think that if not for the snow there may have been some, some kind of you know, open ground. It's like you're at the top of this crown and these gigantic rocky spires are jutting out like almost all around you except for the way that you've just come and it looks like some kind of impassable maze but uh, Kyogen sort of turns around and he bellows to you over the howling wind that he can get you to as close to that place as he can and then he just sort of motions to your right and he says but we have to go this way and we have to go up Scour's Perch and he tells you to make sure you've got your climbing gear handy because you're going to need it sooner rather than later. Yeah, so already the gear. I'm going to lean in to the guys, basically, who's like, like, scours perch. Some people at the campground mentioned the whispers of a treasure up there. If they know about it, we might not be the only ones heading up this way. But also... Treasure. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, one more athletics check, please. Oh, okay, maybe I should use my inspiration on this roll if it sucks. 
Another 16 for me. Woo! Feeling very athletic these days. So I used my inspiration, because uh, the first one was a 2. Uh, so I got a, a 17 on the second one. No, 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 19. Ooh. Okay, no one is exhausted for this, which is good. Okay, so you continue for a few more hours until you reach what looks like a dead end, except for a sheer rock face that goes up maybe four, like three to 400 feet high. So this is a very tall rock face. This area is almost like a little, like you're, you're hemmed in on all sides by these craggy, rocky spires. Uh, and this one area that Kyogen is looking at has these spider webbing cracks and you can see up as you sort of look up this rocky face, there's like ledges here and there, there's little crags and you can also, if you just, like, focus just enough, you can barely see that there's, like, some pre-existing metal that have been, like, hammered into the into the rock face from previous climbers. So at this point, um, got to kind of ask if you're all going to sort of go up at the same time or if it's going to be, like, an assembly line, like, one person goes up and then, like, one at a time. Is it, ex- like, it's exposed rock or is it, like, covered in snow? It's not covered in snow. It kind of, it kind of actually, and it's not vertical. It kind of leans out somewhat. Uh, so, like as it gets closer to the very top, you can see that there's like some, like some rocky overhangs a little bit. So, and Kyogen would give you the heads up that it, you know it's it's tough, it's challenging near the top, but it's definitely doable with your with your gear that you have so mindfully purchased. Thaddeus is going to pull out his fifty feet of rope. Uh, from his explorer's pack. I'm gonna, like, look to everybody and I was like, okay, do we think maybe let's just say a giant spider with the ability to climb upside down and no difficulty with, like, climbing without ability checks would be advantageous right now? Do we... Do we think I should maybe go up with a rope as a giant spider? We don't have enough rope. I, I could kick in uh, 50 feet of of rope. How high was it, did you say, Tim? It appears to be between three to 400 feet. It's quite tall. So I can literally lead the rope up as the spider, and you guys can ascend, and then I can keep doing this. You said there were overhangs and things like that, so is there, like, are there places where we would be able to rest, like when when you're taking up the next doing the next uh, ascent, like once we get you know, once we get 100 feet up or whatever? Yeah, yeah, exactly. There's little uh, ledges that you can see and Kyogen would also point out that, you know, at various points in the climb that there are ledges that you can stand on freely without too much trouble. Okay. I, don't, I don't see a problem with it, but I am going to hold on to my rope as a... Uh, yes, I don't want to take all of it with us. Yeah. I don't. I think that that would be a, a we possibly... A, we need a backup plan. Yes. <laughs> so I already had rope in my base kit, but we also bought more with the climbing kits. I believe, correct? Mm-hmm. Um, what comes with the climbing kit again? I, I have ice picks and grips and... So I know like my base explorer's thing has like the 50 feet. Of hemp and rope. Sure. That's what mine is. And I... Yeah, mine, mine is also hempen. 
Oh shit! Right, I just don't remember. I... Ten days of rations. I had no idea. Yeah. I actually have a Dungeoneer's pack. Oh. Climber's kit. Uh, pitons, boot tips, gloves, and a harness. Harnesses. Those would probably be helpful right now for you guys. Doesn't say anything about rope, though. Hmm, interesting. Okay, so we've just got the, like, I'm assuming Kyogen has some because he's a mountaineer. So can we assume we have about 200 feet? Mm-hmm. Total? Yep. Okay. So I think each section of lead, like, each leg, I guess, of, like, climbing is 100 feet away from each other? Or are they 50 feet? Uh, sorry, I, I'm not sure I'm getting it. Uh, so you said these little, like, flats were, like, our little rest spots. What is the distance between each one, roughly? Like, is it, like, 100 feet or 50 feet or... How many ropes do we have to tie together? I mean, if we take 150 and I hold on to 50 to catch any... To try and catch anybody that might potentially fall, this... That's plenty, I think. Okay. And we can just readjust as we need to. Okay, so I'll just, I'll start with the 150 and I'll basically, yeah, like, in essence, lead climb and, like, clip this rope into the wall so that it's secured. Uh, and then I'm assuming you guys can, like, traverse up with the harnesses and, like, just follow this rope up. Uh, Thaddeus turns to Kyogen and goes, you thought the uh, yeah. carcass stuff was unsettling? <laughs> Watch this. I'm like, I'm literally going to turn to Kyogen. I'm assuming he looks bewildered by me talking about becoming a giant spider. I mean, he did see me become a tiger, which we didn't talk about at all. Oh, but anyway. Yeah. Is yeah. it kind of like a, kind of like a poof? Like you're just like, Poof! or is it like a, like a, you know, like a. No, it's, it's very, kind of I like, would imagine it's very John Carpenter. Yeah. It's straight, <laughs> it's straight up Animorphs is what it is. Mm-hmm. Oh, so, okay. I'm gonna go. I'm just gonna turn to Kyogen and be like, "Okay, so you Don't may have out. noticed. Yeah, it's like you may have noticed from our earlier uh, altercation with the with the other individuals that I sometimes, at will, like I, I choose to do it, uh, turn into a variety of large beasts. But I totally like I, I I still know you're my friends, but I just I just need you to be prepared because the one I'm about to do is not." Not everyone's favorite, um, but will be very helpful right now. But I promise, I promise it is, everything is fine. Everything is totally fine. And then I'm going to turn into a giant spider. <laughs> so sorry, I, I'm, I just want to make sure that I'm understanding this. So you're essentially, you're climbing up, what, 200 feet as a spider? I'm going to climb up 150 as spider form. Basically, I'm going to get to the next ledge. Like I'm going to take the rope to like where all these little like section at a time so I'm going to lead climb ro- the rope into like the little clips all the way up to the next the next platform and then I'm going to like wait there uh, until the group comes up and then I'm going to car- carry that on basically she's setting the rope for us to climb up to the le- to the first ledge yeah she's carrying up the one end as the spider and leaving the other end down at us so you're so you're tying you're tying it off at the one ledge, and then you're essentially taking the rest, the remaining, like as they climb, you're taking the remainder, climbing up to the next one. Yes. So I'm gonna make sure that they're safely on the platform before I take the rope to the next one. Will you have to drop out a spider form to tie it? Uh, I can web it as well, but I will see what I I don't know how. Like I can clip. If you says it's just clips, I'm assuming I can just clip it in at the top. 
but I might have to do, depending on the distances and things like that, I might have to, and my tying ability, I might have to drop Wild Shape once I get to the platform. Okay. But my athletics is shit, so I need to do this as the spider regardless for the majority of this. Unless there's, like, an easy stretch in the middle. So there's essentially, like, as, as sort of Kyogen's, like, getting his gear ready, he's sort of saying that there's, like, three, quote-unquote, routes up the face, and they each have, like, ledges and crags at varying intervals, and one of them's not really head and shoulders easier than the other. So it's it's going, I guess, going up the middle, you get a little bit more opportunities to, like, um, go left or right if the op- if you have to, but... That's really the only advantage it offers. Some options are better than none. Let's go that way. What's your climb speed as a spider? Uh, 30-foot climb speed. But I get So I get this for two hours, so if I can make the first... Well, I mean, like, I'm a large beast. I imagine... Should I try and just hold the rope on the first one? So I don't have to drop it? That's up to you. You you choose the move you think works best. If Gutterbird dies, he dies. Oh my god. It's life. Okay, so your your first ledge is at 40 feet, and then the, there's a crag in between that and the next ledge. The second ledge is 120 feet. There's a third ledge that's closer to 180. Do I want to go for the third? That's up to you. And then that way you've got places... Yeah, if I go to the third and I wait and draw... From the third, it's another 100 feet? The third ledge is about uh, 180 feet off the ground. And then so, and then from the third ledge to the very top that I need to get. Oh, another... Probably another 120. Okay, so how about I climb... Clipping into all the clips on the way up, up to the 180. So we have to do a 30-foot free climb to get to the bottom of the rope. No. We only have 150 because I kept 50. If I... Okay, I take all 200 feet. That's the problem is I'm not giving my 50. I'm holding on to it in case anybody falls so I can try and catch them. Okay, but I'm saying you'll have that slack back as soon as you start climbing. You'll have 20 feet of the rope. Like, there's going to be extra length on the rope so you can just anchor into each other. Sure. So that's what I'm just saying. If I take, if I go the full 180, you get to the first thing. You can take 50 feet at that point because I won't need it for the next stretch. So like, as soon as you get to the first ledge, you'll oh, have... Oh, uh, okay. I see what you're saying now. Yeah. So if I go all the way... Oh God, this is so mathy. I'm so sorry for all the listeners. If I go all the way up to the 180... I mean, we can just... We'll just go. Clip in all the way. I can drop Wild Shape tie the knot off there, wait for you guys to get... Well, I'll... Yeah. Wait for you guys to get up there safely. And then... Because then that way I can also, like, cast spells and help you guys if I need to from up there. Somewhat. And then when you guys get there, I can do it again and get us all the way to the top just using the two wild shapes. Sure. That is his, I'm that gonna, is his intelligence is 10. He, I'm, he can't gauge that distance. I'm going to do that. So I'm going to climb to the 180 level with the rope, clipping it in each way, but not tying it off yet. Okay. And then I'm going to get up to the 180 and tie it off there. And then you guys hopefully have some skill with the assisted rope climb, basically. 
So you get to the you get to the 120 foot mark, ish. Uh, doing your spider thing. Also, have you heard about these Juro spiders that are like infesting Georgia? It sounds terrifying. God no, and I don't want to Google it. Do it. No, don't do it. No. <laughs> but do it. What are they called? Joro spiders. J O R O. Are they disgusting if I look them up? They're not gross looking, but apparently they're oh, okay. like Oh, they look really cool. Yeah. They look super uh dangerous cuz they are like black and black and yellow alternating legs. Like stripes on the legs. Yeah, mm. out of all the like types of invasive species, this, yeah, I would not want this one. They kind of remind me of uh, the uh, the bugs from Starship Troopers. Ooh. So yeah, you get up to the about the 120 foot mark, and there is a deafening screech that echoes off all of the rock faces around you, and it's almost impossible to tell where it's coming from. Down on the ground, Kyogen immediately drops his pack and looks up in disbelief. And he says, we got to get into cover. Real shit. <laughs> do, do we see what it is? Um, everybody can make a quick perception check. 11. 12. 15. it from your vantage point, you see, uh, perhaps because you're closer to the top of the cliff face just just the silhouette of a large winged creature flying above you quickly through the clouds back on the ground Kyogen says well damn it that would be Scour <laughs> oh for god's sake I mean I didn't hear that because I'm up the mountain but god damn it can we all roll initiative this is gonna be. This is gonna be good. I'm, I like this. Uh, oh, so twenty. No, no, I don't like this. I don't like any of this. Oh. Sixteen. Kevin, you said you had twenty. Yeah. It's Damn. Like for the first time, I'm usually dead last in every initiative. What? How does an unnatural one drink? <laughs> an unnatural one? You have a negative on your initiative? Yep, I have negative dex. Oh, wow. And I rolled a two. Oh, that's it's very sick. And Sarah, yours was 16? Yes. Yes, sorry. Okay. Uh, Kevin, you're up first. So it's it's going to be a difficult turn in terms of like what you want to do uh, offensively because you, you can't, like, this creature is obscured by the clouds. So it would be very difficult for you to target it with anything. So you can... You know, run to the rope and start your climb. Um, although I guess technically Chai hasn't made it up to 180 yet. Does it? Is it aware of us? Is it, or is it just? I mean, it rolled initiative, so I have to imagine that there's going to be some fighting. But <laughs> <laughs> so I guess that I answered my own question. Um, okay. Um, yeah. You know what? I think uh, there's no cover where we are. Um, we're just we're on like an exposed ledge on the side of a mountain is the case you're kind of in this um, cul-de-sac a snowy cul-de-sac but yeah not not a lot in the way of cover I mean you could conceivably you know try to run up to the rock face 
and get into a crag or something like that. But uh, in terms of like places to hide, where you are right now is no good. You could try climbing up, you know, sorry, you know what, I'm, I'm going to stop because I, I don't really have any good suggestions for you. So if he's obscured by the clouds, is it because we're in the clouds or because there is some, uh, like a good amount of distance between us? Still, like, would it take scour... Like, how long would it take for it to attack us? Um, or is it... It would be turn-based, right? So Yeah, it would be... <laughs> yeah, tough to tell. Okay. Um, yeah, I think what I'd like to do is try and... Just try and start making my way up and just do it as quickly and as uh, deftly... Uh, as possible to try and find a place with better cover. Um, I'll let you make a a stealth check, and this will be a check for you to see like how well you hide up against the like in the rocks. Okay, and I have a plus two on stealth, so that's pretty. That's uh, yeah, uh, that's that, that doesn't matter at all. So a total of four, please. <laughs> <laughs> the scramble man. Chai, from your point on the ledge, still climbing spiderly, you hear the massive rush of wind being displaced by these by these wings as this creature sort of careens downwards and is making a pretty sharp beeline to where you are. Oh, tasty God. snack. What's your spider armor class? Oh, no. Ah... Uh... 14. What's your experience with, like, large flying reptilian creatures? <laughs> reptilian? Or is there a dragon lizard, eating me? creature? Damn, is there a dragon eating me? It's dripping funny smelling water all over me. <laughs> what is uh... It's dripping funny smelling water all over me. <laughs> Oh my god, no. Okay, well, I mean, I'm from the Feywild, so I imagine most weird shit doesn't phase me. Okay. Like, not. It phases me in the sense of, like, I really don't want this to be happening, but I am assuming that the sight of. What I'm assuming you're about to tell me is a dragon eating me is not. not unexpected entirely, I would imagine. So or, it's uh, a, you know what I mean? It's a type of dragon, it's a wyvern. So you're gonna take. As, as it sort of does this flyby uh, eyeing you up it stings you with its tail you're going to take 11 points of damage and then you also need to make a constitution saving throw oh my god uh, I hope 19 oh 19 okay yes I mean you are going to take some damage but you're going to take half damage from the poison oh god okay um, yeah, that's going to be an additional 12 points of poison damage. Okay, um, okay, now as, okay, okay. As it sort of moves away, you can, you, you do get technically an attack of opportunity. Well, actually, hang on one sec, sorry. The, uh, well, I guess even even though, like, the stinger is a 10-foot ten, ten reach, if your bite isn't a 10-foot reach, but, like, I would imagine that you're kind of biting at the stinger as it goes away? I don't know. Yeah, go ahead. Take the take the attack. Take the attack. Well, I was just going to say, so I have the bite attack, but I also have the web attack, which is normally a range, but it's a five-foot range. So if we want to, like, 
like, I'd be fine with not doing damage, but possibly webbing it, is what I'm saying. Like, if you want to compromise on it, but I, like, I can take the bite. I'm not opposed to yeah, that. Yeah, I think the attack of opportunity is supposed to be, like, a, like, the base melee attack. Yeah, typically. Yeah. Okay, I'll do that then. Uh, dirty 20 to hit. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it takes 10 points of piercing damage, and the target must make a constitution saving throw. The DC 11, not a high. Okay, I got a total of 18, so what's the what's the damage? God, uh, half damage is 2 <laughs> on 2d8. Ouchie. Okay, um... Yeah, Kyogen's gonna, I guess, sorry, do you have anything else on your turn that you're gonna do? That was just my reaction, Oh, right? yes, I'm a... sorry, yes. Now it is, um, okay. yeah, Kyogen's turn, he's just gonna run up and also sort of get flush against the rocks and, uh, and, uh, wait, see what happens, and he, he looks over to Gutter, but he says, please believe me that Scour's supposed to be hibernating like, the, like he has been for the past 80 years. And that is Chai's turn. And he's no longer in... How He flew away, right? How far did he get? Uh, his speed is 80 feet. Oh, so he got far. He's quick. Okay, so just to a quick recap, I'm at the 120 level, and there's 200 more to go past me. There was I got to the 180, and then you said there was 100? Or so maybe there's 180 left. Yeah, thereabouts, yeah. I'm going to drop the wild shape because I had one hit point left as the spider. <laughs> so it seems like a moot point. And I'm going to, I guess, use my action, I guess, to tie off the rope on whatever the last clasp is as tight as I humanly can. Elvishly can. Yeah, elv- sorry, elvishly can. I imagine it's a very elaborate, fancy, and remarkably strong knot. Super pretty, too. Yeah, oh, yeah. Which is oh, the bullshit course. part of it. Yeah. So would that be, I'm assuming that would be my action then to tie this knot and make sure it's super secure? Uh, yeah, I would say so. Okay, so then I guess that's going to be my turn because dropping it is a bonus cool. action. All right. So that's that's all I'm going to do. Thaddeus. Thaddeus is going to remove the last 50 feet of the rope that's on the ground, coil it up, and start climbing. So you can get uh, climb speed, I guess, would get you to... 30. I guess we could say, I guess your climb speed is technically half, but are you using a rope? Hmm. Using a rope, plus we've got the grips. I think this is a super easy climb. I'm just saying. Do you want me to throw an athletics check on that to see if I can make it uh, a nice beefy climb? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Let's say that. Let's say if you, yeah, if you do a, a respectable athletics, you can essentially do you know, essentially your, your almost like your dash. So going past like your normal 30 feet. So let's, let's see what, let's see what you can do. 18 athletics. Ooh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I rolled middle of the road. (laughs) Yeah. Your athletics is ridiculous. Okay. So you can get up to, you get up to the 40 foot ledge. You can stop there if you want, or you can continue on to the 60 foot mark where there is a sort of a crag in the rock face. I'll take my chances at the 60-footer. All right. Ooh. And we're back up to Gutterbird. All right. Um, am I... So I'm, I'm hiding at the moment. I'm, I'm kind of tucked in a little a little area. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, th- I think what I'd like to do is follow um, 
uh, Thaddeus's lead and try and get up that uh, get up that rope as well and just get to the next to the next area. Okay, are you going to try to do the same thing, or are you going to push it a little bit, see if you can get uh, get up higher? Let's let's push it. All right, let's push it, push it real good. Natural twenty. Woo! Wow. Never happens. Except for it happened slightly earlier. (laughs) (laughs) It happened again. That never happens. Okay, so you are basically like just below Thaddeus uh, at the 60-foot mark. He's sort of got his foot in this crag, and uh, you've got your, you know, boot spikes into the rock face. You're just just below him. Hmm, okay, so now Scour has some new targets. Who's he going to go after? He apparently is still quite intrigued with Chai. Oh, God. So he's going to wheel back around. And he's going to start off this time with a bite. Uh, and he crits. Of course he does. Jesus. Uh, it's going to be 18 points of piercing damage on the bite. Fuck me. Okay. And then. And then. Yeah. As he beats his wings to stay in place temporarily. He's going to bring that stinger around once more. And total of 25 to hit. Ooh, Billy! That just connects. <laughs> so it's going to be 13 points of piercing damage and another constitution saving throw. I am not doing well, guys. Not at all. Okay. Ah, uh, 15? Wow, you just passed. Oh my god. I'm still gonna take a bunch of damage though. Yeah, um, halved 13 points of poison damage. I'm out, I'm down. Okay, the rest of the team from below- Thank God I tied the rope though. Fuck me. Can sort of see Chai fall down on this ledge with her arms sort of hanging over limply. And you are 120 feet away. Uh, no, I'm only 60 feet away. They oh. got up to the 60 foot. Oh, I thought you went up to 180. No, you told me I got stopped at the 120. Oh, sorry. Okay, sorry. Yeah, you're 60 feet away. <laughs> um, <laughs> the panic was clear. <laughs> yeah, that's why I was asking, because it's, it, you know, what we said was, so I got to the 120, and then it was because I stopped at the earlier one, it was still 180 to the top. I think that's what we had flipped the numbers, okay. basically. So here's here's something, here's two things. Okay. One, our, our house rule of making an immediate death saving throw, even when it's not oh. your turn. Good, I forgot about but, that one. But... Uh, something that was recommended to me by I can't remember who and I would like to give them credit and I'll try to figure out who uh, thought of this Um, it may have been Ryan who suggested it or brought it to my attention but Tom did this in the other campaign where in this moment where you are losing consciousness to have this moment of like your life flashing before your eyes so if you want to share an important memory from your past it can give you a bonus on your death saving throw. Oh, okay. That's okay. dope as hell. I do really like that. Okay, okay. I think, like, in this moment, like, there's definitely, as the, the poison sets in, it's almost like, like in essence, like, my vision starts, like, fading inward from the edges, right? Like, it's like, she, because it it, it's slow. It's not as clean as, as just, like, a, a 
quick cut, right? It's 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 slower. So I think in like quick succession, and then finally lingers as you see, or like that comes to my eyes as I see quick flashes of the moments like I re- like I realized like I had these druid powers and how special that was in training with with Basil and like having those quick moments of like kind of feeling like I had failed and like that like now looking back at those moments and like knowing what I'd been prepared for and then I finally see I my last quick second of vision and it lingers for as long as I can and I I, I kind of grasp my necklace at this moment I see the prince of the Eladrin court smiling at me. All right, make that roll with a plus one bonus. Oh, God, I hope. Oh, a 10 plus a one, 11. Nice. That is one success. And you know what? Let's leave it here for for now. We'll no! next time. <laughs> oh, my God. That's brilliant. Oh. I got moves. I got moves. A literal cliffhanger. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Wait, then who's John Lithgow and who's Stallone? <laughs> <laughs>